Hello and welcome to Watkins Wise Words, a podcast that celebrates conscious, passionate, wise and happy living. Thank you for tuning in and here is your host. So hello and welcome. My name is Steve the Bell and today I'm speaking with Chris Nelson who's the author of Wake Up and Soar, How to Master Your Own Wellbeing. Now, Chris is the founder of the Ashiana Center in Goa, India, which embraces a holistic and personalized approach to well-being. He's, um, this is a now a recognized yoga teacher training center and a sought-after destination for its Ayurvedic and detox retreats. Now, Chris is the author, as I mentioned, of Wake Up and Soar, published by Watkins, and this book contains three keys to help you not only enjoy life, but become more than you thought you could be. So, Chris, welcome to you. Thank you. Welcome. Good morning, Steve. Morning, Chris. So I've just been reading your book and, you know, reading about your life and you seem to have had quite a journey really from, you know, um, being an entrepreneur when you were in your 20s and discovering yoga later on. Could you say something about what brought you to where you are now? Uh, yes, for sure. Um, I guess the, the, the start point, I mean, I won't go all the way back to the beginning. <laughs> I don't want to bore people stiff, but yeah, yeah. I guess at university... Um, I, I had this dream, this vision of of creating a yoga retreat center. In fact, in those days, it was a retreat center. I, I didn't even know about yoga. And I remember talking with friends and they'd say, well, what do you mean a retreat center? And if I'm honest, I didn't know really what I meant. I just envisioned these kind of swaying palms uh, somewhere in the tropics by the sea. I'm a water lover, so I always imagined it would be by the sea. And I just imagined a place where people felt really good, really comfortable um, at home. And funnily enough, the name that I ended up choosing, which was completely serendipitous, is the name Ashiana, which actually in Hindi means home. So it seems that it was all uh, by divine um, accord, you know, from way back. Um, But as you see, I became an entrepreneur quite early on in my 20s. um, And I was always quite, quite ambitious. I always had big visions. You know, I set up something which was very much like Pretamogi. In fact, I set up at exactly the same time as them, unbeknown to them or me, mm. um, in Carnaby Street, just off. Right. And whilst today there is a pret on Carnaby Street, which mm. trades extremely well, way back then, 20-odd, 25 years ago, it wasn't a good site. It had a very different uh, vibe there. Mm. Um, but to cut a long story short, I made every mistake an entrepreneur can make. I was young. I was super driven, but I was very impetuous, you know, very impulsive. Um, I had good vision, but I lacked uh, business experience and acumen. So I basically, after four and a half years, interest rates went through the roof, and I went into voluntary liquidation. And that was a a wonderful experience. I know that sounds a little strange to say that, but it really was, because it ripped the carpet from underneath me, uh, hugely embarrassed me in front of the family because I owed them a fortune, Um, But it was what I needed to humble me and to make me realize that, um, not that I was too young to be doing it, but I personally at that point in my life was um, not solid enough, not grounded enough to be doing something like that. So I spent many years doing sales, sales training, and really got into self-motivation. And that was my kind of grounding in well-being, I suppose, because what at that time was sort of Anthony Robbins' uh, motivational stuff that was really exciting for me grew into something deeper, should we say, more spiritual, where I started to question more deeply what life was all about and, more importantly, why I was here, you know, what was my purpose, because I really believed that 
we all have something to give in life, however big or small, whether we end up being a bus driver, a poet laureate, or, you know, the greatest entrepreneur on the planet, we have something to give. And I think we can get in touch with that through going inwards and then discovering really what our heartfelt desires are. So, you know, for the last 10 or 15 years, I've been all about that. I took up yoga. I became a yoga teacher. I ran retreats all over the world. And 11, 12 years ago, I found my little divine spot in the north of Goa. Um, and that became Ashiana. And from there, I suppose you'd say everything has really grown. You know, the book evolved over the last three years where it became clear to me how people were being wound up back at the cold face of their Western lives, you know, in the big city, the urban jungle. And it became clearer and clearer to me what we could do at Ashiana to help them to unwind and to come back to a, a state of balance. And what I've done in the book is try to express it in really simple terms, not just because I think that makes it easy for people to understand, but it, it tests me and my ability to express something which is in, incredibly complex and um, uh, enormous subject, which is your human lifestyle. You know, was I able to put that into really simple terms? And as you said, I, I've created three tools. And the primary tool, the first tool, the essential tool, is to learn to calm your mind. Because in simple terms, if you don't learn to calm your mind, you don't access that um, powerful energy center that exists in your solar plexus. Um, you don't get to understand deeply what your heartfelt desires are. And any endeavors that you undertake, you'll tend to be ungrounded um, and will very likely fall on your face. Mm. So calming the mind is key. And the second of the tools... Uh, can I ask you about that one, uh, please. A second, uh, Chris? You know, most people, um, I, I think a lot of people in modern-day society suffer f with the mind, with stress, with worry, with fear, with anxiety. So does the book actually show kind of practical ways that actually I'm living, you know, let's say I'm living a stressful life, you know, running around workaholic, you know, family to support. Will it, does it give me some practical tools to, to deal with stress, fear, you know, slowing down? Because I know you've got this great acronym, haven't you? Saw, slow down, um, observe, accept, and uh, relax, you know. Could you say something about that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the book is called Wake Up and Soar. Um, and when I came up with the name, that was very much about soaring in the traditional sense, you know, climbing fast into the sky, yeah. like a bird or a plane. But I realized that um, I had a, a way of going inside and calming myself, um, which just kind of magically coincided with the letters S-O-A-R, as you've just said. So S stands for slow down. And that might mean even sit down, you know, close your eyes, just take a moment really to forget your your life uh, that's going on around you at the moment. Yeah. O stands for observe inwardly and connect with your breathing. And this is this is a key element because, you know, people perhaps who are unaccustomed to meditation or mindfulness will say, well, what does observe inwardly mean? You know, they've never done it. And therefore, if you say to them, well, can you become aware of your breath, your breathing, the inhalation and the exhalation? Now, that they can do. Everybody can do that. And you can give them guidance to be aware of the breath as it leaves and enters the nose or maybe in the abdomen, which is really the starting point of the breath. The third point, A, 
is to accept all that is arising. And this, you know, if you study spirituality and proverbs throughout the ages, you'll find this is just endlessly emerging. Mm. It's a key directive. If you can accept what arises within and without, it's really the key to peace of mind because everything is experienced inwardly. So even though something might happen around me, somebody might say something unpleasant or uh, something might fall from the sky and crash loudly to the floor and disturb me, but I'm experiencing that within my being through my thoughts, through my five senses. So if I learn to connect with my breath and I stay connected with the breath and accept whatever's arising inwardly and outwardly as if, you know, almost as if I'd asked for it, as if it was something that I knew was going to happen, then it doesn't disturb me. It doesn't grab at my attention and I don't dive into the story Mm. of what's happening. I stay calmly observing my own breath. And the fourth point to relax deeply is really to sit in that space of surrendered acceptance for a prolonged period of time. It's one thing to wake up, which basically means that you recognize you're lost in thought. So in a sense, you could say waking up is the recognition that you're lost, lost in thought. When you wake up, that can be momentary. It can be a fraction of a second, and then you descend back rapidly into whatever the stream of consciousness was or some new arising thought. But if you can hold yourself in that space, you know, climb into that gap, as it were, that calm space of watching the breathing, then you can relax ever deeper and you really become truly introspective. And the experience that you'll have after some moments, maybe some minutes, is that actually it becomes completely effortless because you're no longer having to focus the mind on the breathing. You're just simply present in this moment effortlessly. Yeah, they're brilliant tools. Um, you know, just the whole idea, just listening to you, I kind of felt myself slowing down and remembering I had to breathe. So it's a great reminder. Good, good. What's the second? So the second key, um, Chris, you take charge of your well being. Um, I think if you look at society today, you'll see two very profound trends, characteristics, and I've written about them in the book. The first is that society tends to invite us to strip ourselves of responsibility, you know, to not be self-responsible. You know, we give healing over to our doctors if we've got any kind of medical problem. We never sit back and consider maybe what we feel we should be doing. Do I need more sleep? Do I need to eat less or eat more? Do I need to drink more water? Do I need to be more mindful of my environment? Mm. No, we just immediately go see the doctor. And it's a fact today that 70, 80% of doctors' visits across the planet um, are around mind-made issues. It's anxiety, it's stress, it's the things you were talking about. So self-responsibility is key. And the second key is about being responsible for yourself, recognizing you need to be responsible. And the second trend that I was just referring to is that stress and chronic disease is going through the roof. So it's not just that it's a healthy thing to be in charge of your own well-being. It's the fact that if you're not in charge of your own well-being, it's pretty much an invitation for a date with stress and chronic disease. Because... You know, the stresses are all around. If you live in the urban jungle, as many of us do today, you know, we're we're encouraged, we're invited to think in terms of doing things more quickly, to do more things more quickly, to have, 
you know, a great relationship, to have a great job that makes us lots of money, to be sporty as well and fit, to have lots of friends, um, to get away and have good holidays, you know, and, 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 you know, we've got these digital devices, you know, maybe two or three of them stuck in our faces all day long. Mm. And we, re- we, re- we, we react to every pain as if it was a matter of life or death. So being in charge of your own well-being is about recognizing that your lifestyle is under your control. You do control how much you sleep. You do control how well you sleep. At least you have considerable input in that process. You do control what you eat. You absolutely control your environment in terms of who you surround yourself with and the surroundings that you put yourself in. In other words, your total lifestyle picture how it looks is utterly down to your control and when you understand that peace of mind is the key to quality of life you will then make perhaps the connection between your lifestyle and your capacity for inviting your quiet calm peace of mind so they're directly related so the second tool really follows on from the first tool yeah great and third one you have there pursue your dreams which is a brilliant thing to include in the book on well-being i think what, what, what about that one, Chris? Well, I think we're all designed to, to soar. You know, I think um, we all have some beautiful purpose for being here on the planet. You know, apart from growing up into a fit, healthy human being, I think there's more than that. I think we can be really happy and fulfilled. And when I say happy, I don't mean that momentary blip of happiness that comes from, I don't know, kissing a beautiful girl for the first time or buying a red Ferrari. I mean something which is really enduring, something which is deep, sustained. In fact, something which is already there, which perhaps you haven't yet realized is already there. It's at the very seat and source of your being. So to fly is two things. It's both to get in touch with what you truly deeply want to be doing with your life in this moment or for the rest of your life. It's not, doesn't look the same for each person. For some people, they might want to be a, I don't know, an opera singer. Other people might just want to wake up happy and, and smiley and, you know, have some beautiful way of doing that with a mantra. So it looks different for every human being, but we've all got that possibility. I think we've also got the possibility to touch others. In fact, I'm going to say, and I do say in the book, that the very process of you coming alive is your gift to life. You know, we've all seen people with shining eyes. We've seen performers on stage. We've seen somebody public speaking. We've seen an entrepreneur. We've seen people who clearly are living their dreams. And we see how their eyes kind of sparkle. Mm. They're literally alive. They're literally vibrating with a positive vibration of being 100% present to what it is they're doing because they're passionate about it. Now, if you just visualize that for a moment, when you're in the presence of that kind of person, it touches you. Life is all energy. It's all about frequency and vibration. So if I'm absolutely on my game, in the zone, whatever it is I might be doing, you're going to feel that. Now, unless you're an incredibly closed-minded, very, very depressed human being, it's going to lift you. My openness of mind, my openness of heart, my positive vibration is going to touch you in a positive way. So simply put, if I learn how to fly, i.e. be in touch with my dreams and pursue them, that's also my gift to the world. Mm, brilliant. It, it, it reminds me of, um, you know, Dr. Bach, who, who made those um, flower remedies. He yeah. made one specially for purpose and life direction 
because you said this is a key to wellness. So I totally get what you're saying, uh, Chris. Now, I know you're going to do a little brief meditation for our listeners. So um, I'll pass it over to you just to say something on that and then lead everyone into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the book is a journey. It's a practical guide to becoming the master of your health and happiness. And it's medically proven today by Harvard Medical School that if you're lost in your um, unsolicited thoughts, you're basically not that happy. And the stats are that more than 40 or almost 48% of the time we are lost in unsolicited thought. So what I'd like to do is to take the first tool of the book, which is called Wake Up and Soar, and just guide you in a very, very simple meditation. In fact, I'm even loath to use the word meditation because that might put some people off. Just think of it this way. I would like to, if you'll allow me, guide you inwards so that you can find that safe, quiet resting place inwardly and know that it's there accessible to you at any point in time. So if you just make sure that you're sitting comfortably, might be on a chair, a stool, the floor, and maybe just straighten the back a little bit. And by doing, by saying that, what I mean is actually lengthen the spine, grow the spine. Can you visualize that you create space between the vertebrae? So rather than pushing yourself straight, allow the spine to come straight. Feel the crown of the head lifting. Then just settle back into the chair or on the stool, wherever you are. Close the eyes. And just for a moment, be aware of what's going on around you and recognize that you're aware of that through the five sense doors. Smell, sound, touch, etc. And just withdraw from that. By which I mean, come towards the breath, your breathing. So, Notice the inhalation, don't do anything with it. And notice the exhalation, and again, don't do anything with that. And I invite you to see this inhalation and this exhalation as just a very soft, easy, gentle walk up the slope, the inhalation, and then gently, easily down the slope, the other side, the exhalation. And when you get to the bottom, the end of the exhalation, the inhalation is naturally going to arise again and you're going to gently, easily stroll up the slope. And then again, gently, easily down the slope. Now, if you just stay with this for a moment as I'm talking, just stay with the rhythm of your breath. The inhalation, calm, easy, leading, naturally into the exhalation, gently back down. And then again, the inhalation begins. Now just carrying on with this rhythm, stay with that. And whilst you're doing that, just notice that at the end of the exhalation, there may be a momentary pause, a moment of stillness. Don't create it, don't look for it. Just see if it's there. If it's there, notice it. And then notice that the inhalation will again naturally pick up. So you're not forcing anything. You're letting this happen completely effortlessly, just as your breathing needs to happen. But you may notice that you're starting to create a very, very shallow triangle. In other words, the inhalation gently up the slope, one side of the triangle, 
and very softly, easily down the other side. And then there's a gap, a pause, however long it is, a moment, a second, a split second. And then the inhalation begins. Now, I want you to do this completely at ease, effortlessly, and in whatever way it works best for you. So you may begin to notice that you're now very softly climbing with the inhalation, descending with the exhalation, a momentary pause as you move back towards the inhalation, and then again the inhalation picks up. So just easily, effortlessly staying with that breathing, inhalation naturally leading into the exhalation, moment of stillness, and the natural rising of the inhalation. Now this might be a second or two or three or more perhaps for each inhalation. Same again for each exhalation and whatever it might be for that pause before the inhalation naturally picks up again. Now you'll notice that as you're taking this gentle stroll up and then down and back to the start point, that there may be the odd flicker of an image or a thought arising. And you're just going to find the breathing more interesting than that. You're simply not going to touch the thoughts. Maybe something happens around you, there's a sound, you lose interest. Maybe you can smell something from the kitchen, you're not interested. Maybe you're aware of your posture, something not quite comfortable for you. You're just not going to touch it. Stay here with this rhythm of the breath, growing in your confidence, growing in your knowledge that this is a place, this is a little practice that you can always dive into. Inhaling calmly, exhaling calmly, and then gently back towards the start of the inhalation. So you can continue with this for a few more moments if you want to. So just as you're finding that easy rhythm of the breathing, you may sense that this is now a moment that you want to come back and pick up where you were before we started this meditation. Or you can continue, whatever you please. But if you're ready to come back, just slowly let the breath return to normal. In other words, you're not making that rhythm of inhalation, exhalation. You're just allowing it to be completely comfortable and effortless. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes if you feel to or stay with them closed a little longer. And just notice how you feel. Just become aware of the fact that maybe the breath is slower, calmer, and maybe you yourself are feeling a lot calmer.